So we're going to talk a little bit about vision. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, I believe Proverbs 29, 18, that says, where there's no vision, what happens? People perish. That scripture is translated differently in another version. It says that where there is no revelation or no prophetic vision, that the people cast off restraints. So I've shared the same example over and over again. If I have this idea or this goal in mind to give back into a medium-sized shirt, there's a certain diet that I have to have. There's a certain regiment in regards to my workout that I have to have, right? And so that vision of wanting to get to that place restrains what I eat, restrains where I go and what I do when I sleep, right? In the same way, the church has a vision and a mission from God, and it serves as as something that propels us forward, but also something that restrains us so that we don't aimlessly spend our energy and resources in places where they don't belong. Does that make sense to you? So the reason why we talk about vision and why we talk about who we are and why we're taking the time to define this and celebrate this is because we know that our victory is tied in who God says we are and in what God's called us to do. I don't want to be successful in what God didn't call me to do. I want to be successful in the place and in the very place in the very thing that God wants me to grow in. So when we talk about vision, when we talk about these things, it's because we want to restrain ourselves and we want to propel forward in the thing that God's called us to do. Now, we've identified several things about who we are in our vision. We said last week that we are real people from all walks of life, advancing the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. We said that we make no apologies for it. We love the fact that we're multicultural, multiracial, and multi-whatever, right? We just multilingual. We just love people, right? We love people. And we love that God's doing that in the rock because it shows that the power of the blood of the Lamb can, div- can break through every dividing wall in, in Jesus' name. Amen? And so it, it excites us to see that here at the rock. And we've defined that. And we're saying, you know what? We make... We make no apologies for declaring that we're real people from all walks of life, advancing the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we said as well that our, uh, what, what we believe God's called us to do is very simple. We are called to know God and to make Him known. Right? It's very simple. We want to know God and we want to make Him known. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is chat with you about what it looks like to know God and make Him known. What in the world, what are our intentions or what do we intend to do to know God, to know God and make Him known? This is not only related to the vision and mission of the church, this relates to our personal lives, whether we're listening right now in the sanctuary or whether we're listening on the web. The reality is that these four principles I'm about to share with you today, if you apply them to your life, you will grow incredibly and the church will grow incredibly. Whether you're serving at this church or at another church, why? Because, because I believe strongly uh, that these four things that I'm going to share with you today, uh, will, will, I, I believe strongly that they're biblical. Amen? They're biblical principles. Now, I want to say with this, as I, as, I, as I begin this, I want to say that part of it is a part of our strategy as a church is, uh, in regards to how we're moving forward. But it really is a strategy for personal growth. And I say that because you are the church. I want you to be aware of this, that if the church is healthy, it's because you're healthy. Are you with me? If, 
a local church is healthy, it's because there are people who are healthy in the church because the building is not the church. The building is the resource God blesses us with. You're the church. If you're spiritual, life, financial, whatever, if it's healthy, then the church is healthy. And so if you grow, then the church is growing and the church is healthy. And there are these four things that I want to share with you that I think are vital if we're going to grow spiritually and if the church is going to grow as well. Number one, how do we plan to know God and to make him known? What is one thing that we value that can help us grow in that area? This one thing. This first thing is this. We are committed. We are committed to experiencing God. We are making a commitment to experience God. Now, let me just share with you the scriptures that I shared with you earlier as we were worshiping. James chapter 4, verse 8 says this. Draw near to me, the Lord speaks. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Anybody excited about that? Matthew 7, verse 7 tells us, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Matthew 18, verse 20 says, says, where two or three are gathered in his name, that there he will be. Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, if his people, God speaking, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, if they would seek my face and turn away from their wickedness, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Isn't that incredible? Jeremiah chapter 29 says this very clearly. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. And I want you to realize why am I pointing out all this scripture when I'm talking about experiencing God? Because all of those scriptures, I'm pointing them out because all of those scriptures speak to us of God's conditional promises. Conditional promises. It means that God promises to do something if we meet him with whatever he's asking us to do. How many parents give conditional promises to your children? Right? You want this cookie? You got to eat your dinner. That includes the mushrooms. This is a really good cookie. Are you with me? And God, in the same way, is he gives us conditional promises to call us closer to him. And now here's the deal. I know that many of us, may, maybe some of us would say, you know what, I've, I've tried the prayer thing. I feel like I'm hitting the ceiling. I don't feel like God is there. I'm not feeling like I'm really connecting to God at the church. Uh, just kind of going through the motions. And I don't know that I'm believing that God wants us actually to experience him. I want to I answer that. Listen, Numbers, the scripture teaches us in Numbers. It says this, Numbers 23, verse 19, clearly states to us, clearly. God is not a man that he should lie. Or the son of a man that he should turn back on his word. Whatever he sets himself out to do, whatever he sets to do, he accomplishes. So here is the issue. Either we believe God in his word, or we grow discouraged and take steps backwards. The word of God says that he's not a man that he should lie or turn back on his word. And his word says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you knock, I'll answer. If you ask, you'll receive. If his word says that if I draw near, he'll draw near to me. Then I am believing and expecting that when I'm seeking God, that God is going to show up. I don't know how I can more simply put this other than if we show up, God shows up. If we come up to meet him, he comes down to meet us. I believe in the presence of God. 
we believe in the presence of God. And if you and I are going to grow spiritually, if the rock is going to fulfill her mission, then you and I have to make a commitment to say, God, every time I get together with your saints and with your people, every time I pray, every time I open my word, I am expecting you to show up and have your way. The scariest church is the church that has ceased to expect God to move in power. The scariest place to be is to be comfortable and content with coming to church without expecting God's glory to do something new in our lives. That's one scary place to be. Not even the angels see God that way. Scriptures teach us of angels bowing down, singing, holy, 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 holy for eternity. And we've heard it said so many times before, they're probably seeing something new from God that keeps them amazed as they worship him. Saints, let me tell you, when we get together, when we open our word, when we set our face to pray to the Lord, there has to be this urgency and expectation in our hearts that our God of glory wants to do glorious things in our lives. Anybody excited about that this morning? There has to be that God urgency in you. I don't know what's happened in your walk with Christ or if anything has taken that away from you or if you, like me, have just gone through the motions and have settled and have grown content in certain areas. But I'm going to challenge you like I challenge myself and say to you, Come to the house of God with expectation. Go to the word of God with expectation. Go to your knees with expectation. Go to the hospital and pray for your brothers and sisters and your family and friends with expectation. Bring your finances before the Lord and ask him to move in power with expectation. And let God be moved by your faith. We believe in experiencing God. We believe that God is still saving people. And that's a supernatural work. That is not just a mind. Oh, I changed my mind about the idea. But that the Holy Spirit of God comes over a person. And that person recognizes conviction. And they recognize that they're in need of a Savior. And they turn their lives over to God. We believe in salvation. And that people need to be saved today. We believe in the work of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A second work after salvation. That people come to God and that God fills them with power from on high. Not only so that they would be saved, but that they would have power to be his witnesses in the world. We believe that. It's in his word. And if that is to happen, then you and I have to, we have to make room for God to move in our lives. And we want the rock to be an open room. Not just to experience God as Savior. We want him to be Lord of this house. Not just for him to be welcomed but for him to set the agenda in this place and in our lives. Are you with me this morning? If we're going to grow spiritually, we got to be willing to experience God and make room to experience God. I'm going to share with you this second principle. If we're going to grow spiritually, if we're going to know God and make him known, we need to make a commitment to be rooted in community. We need to make a commitment to be rooted in community. Not only do we know God and make him known through, it, through experiencing him, but we also seek to know God and to make him known by being rooted in community and firmly planted in the community of faith. I am convinced that there are many believers who struggle in growing in their faith and in having victory in their life simply because they are not rooted in the church. And what does it look like when someone's rooted in the church? 
When someone's rooted in the church, that person is a person who has, who has moved from attending church to being the church. I can attend the church all day long. And I can have this attitude where I say, well, I'm going to attend this church. I love the way Pastor so-and-so preaches. And I'm going to attend this church afterward because I love the way they worship. Then I'm going to attend this church because they have lunch. Glory. Amen. So, you know, I'm going to do all the, and I'm just going to kind of hop around. I can be attending church without being the church. Are you with me? But it's only when I make a commitment and I say, God, where have you called me? God, plant me there that I may not only take life, but that I may also give life. Church, you are the church. And the way that you, one of the ways that you will grow exponentially, immediately, is if you make a commitment to yourself, because it's only you and I who hurt when we do this. When you make a commitment to yourself to be rooted, you're going to see the fruit and the glory of God manifested in your life. I am convinced that there are many believers who struggle in growing in their faith and in having victory in their life simply because of this area. And when someone is planted in a spiritual community that's healthy, these things happen. Happened. People share their stories with others and they hear other stories. I don't know about you, but testimonies encourage me. When you're a part of a church where God is moving, you hear the testimony of God moving in power. When you're a part of a healthy and when you're rooted in the community, you're able to encourage others in their victory and in their struggles. I need, encourage, I, need, I need to have people around me to celebrate with me when God gives me a victory. It's lonely celebrating by myself. Right? It's, it's wonderful to have people around you. But man, it's also wonderful to have people who support you in prayer when you're struggling. A healthy community, people who are rooted in community are able to do this. People who are rooted in community, they have godly boundaries, and at the same time, they walk in confession. They learn how to have healthy relationships, and they learn to, to live lives that are not fake, right? They learn to be real people from all walks of life and allow God to work with them right where they're at. Somebody said to me about an area in their lives, they said, are you ready for this? And they said, Pastor, I'm going to be 100% with you. I'm not ready for that. And I need to be 102% ready in my mind before I do that. That's all right. That ministers to me because God can work in our honesty. Are you with me today? Amen. Discussing the scriptures to people who are rooted in, in a community of faith, they discuss the scriptures together and they finally understand what they're reading. They, have, uh, they are people who are able to receive, people who are rooted in community are people who are able to receive life-giving encouragement. And at the same time, they're able to receive life-saving rebuke. Are you with me? To be a part of a community and be rooted means that I am able to receive life-giving encouragement. I need that encouragement. But I also need life-saving rebuke. I need someone to come alongside me and say, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned for you. Are you aware today that if your pastor doesn't have people giving him life-saving rebuke, the church is in trouble? Do you understand that? You understand how vital it is for me to receive the rebuke of the Lord and the brethren? Do you understand how important it is that I live in, in a community that encourages me? Boy, the reality is the same for you. If you and I are going to grow spiritually, we have to learn to give healthy access to people so that they can speak into our lives. 
we can't do Christianity by ourselves and putting our defenses up whenever a word is tough. We need to learn, listen to me, please listen to me, to make a commitment that when things get tough, we're not going to isolate ourselves from each other. That's the scariest place. When we begin to struggle with sin and disagree with our brethren who has a tough word for us and we begin to isolate ourselves and we begin to uproot ourselves one root at a time so that we can move to the next place. I love what John Bevere said about trees. He says, when you take a tree, if that tree is rooted and healthy, if you uproot that tree and plant it somewhere else, it'll do well, but it'll lose some root. But if you do that again and again and again, you will stunt the growth of that tree. And that tree will have failure to thrive. I suggest to you that there are many of us who are stuck at failure to thrive syndrome spiritually because we refuse to be rooted because we're afraid of what may happen. I'm telling you, as difficult as this may be, and I know that some of us really have some wounds here, it is deeply rooted in community where you grow exponentially. It is deeply rooted in community where you learn to invest your life and your finances into something bigger than yourselves. It is deeply rooted in community where I learn to invest my finances and my life into something bigger than myself. There is no way I can sit here and lie to myself and say that I'm rooted in a community that I'm not investing in financially. It is absolutely absurd to think that I am spiritually mature if, not, if I'm not invested in the church. I don't know what that looks like for you or how God challenges you in that area, but it is, it is, you cannot compartmentalize your finance. We cannot compartmentalize our finances and think we're doing great because we understand the scripture and not be a, a, a people who walk in generosity. If we're going to grow, if we're going to know God and make him known, then we're going to be about experiencing the word of God. We're going to be about experiencing God in his presence. We're going to be about being rooted in community. Here at The Rock, we have life groups that are happening all the time that we want you to get connected to. We have, we have events, that, family events, so that you can get to meet people. And your pastor is always willing to come over for coffee, for dinner, for breakfast, for one dessert you know one of the greatest ways to just build relationship is just talk to someone there's a thought there's a thought put away social media for one minute and talk to someone when you come to church that would be radical that would change america right and just think about it Hey, how you doing? Wondering if you want to have coffee sometime. Can change someone's life. Can change your life. Are you with me? Third thing is this. We're committed to knowing God and making him known by co- being committed to God's dream over you. Being committed to God, what God is doing in you. And we will grow spiritually if we commit our lives to what God's dream and what his passions are for us. Ephesians chapter 2, 9 through 10 says this, salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about salvation because it's a free gift that God has given. For we are God's masterpiece. Do you see yourself that way? Amber, you are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Brother Dave Drager, you are God's masterpiece. 
That's very important because it means that God took great detail to form you and great pleasure in making you. And this is what that scripture continues to say. Not only are you God's masterpiece, but you have been created, fashioned, formed by God to do a work that he prepared for you long ago. It's like he said, I'm making Alex. I can't wait to use Alex this way. God asked that. And I know that there are many of us who just kind of go through the motions and are thinking maybe we're just, you know, purposely go, purposeless and, 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 you know, we're just trying to make it a day at a time. And some of us, even believers, are just like, well, I'm just happy being saved. Well, God is not happy with you just being saved. You are his masterpiece, and he's got to work for you. We as a church are committed not only to give you something to do, which if you want me to give you something to do, I can give you something to do easy. But most importantly, what we want is listen to what God is doing in you. What is the urgency that God's placing in your heart? And how can we partner with you so that God can do a mighty work in your life in that area? Somebody was telling me just a month ago, I said, Pastor, I, I want to get together with other young believers who don't know much of the word and they're wrestling with questions. I just want something simple where we can get together and it's okay to ask these tough questions. Can I do that? Sure. Run with it. Amen? Run with it. Somebody was saying to me, Pastor, I just love kids and I want to teach them the worship. I want to be a part of the kids' ministry and just just be a part of the move of God there with the children. Praise God. Run with it. Run with it. You and I have to be attentive because I know that I know that I know that God is putting some urgencies in your heart. We hope that when we're preaching, we're drawing them out and you're becoming uncomfortable sitting down. But I want to say also that the ministry and the purposes of God are not about the four walls and the things that you can do here. It's also about what you can do in the community because you're called to be his witnesses. Man, I, if we as believers would take our, our positions, our jobs, our vocations, and understand that our vocations are our mission field. Wow. The University of Toledo. Amen. The, the rescue mission. Amen. Fa- different factory works, library, whatever. If we will begin to realize that God has planted us in our vocation at that specific time to be a blessing because we're called to be a blessing. I wonder how that would change the environment. I wonder how that would change the environment. Well, I remember working in. <clears throat> don't record this. I remember working in Taco Bell. Sometimes it was really tough. It was really tough. Sometimes, you know, in drive-thru, I, w- I wasn't the brightest bulb either, you know. I was working drive-thru. It was late at night. I was tired, and I would, welcome to Taco Hell. This is Lucifer. How can I help you? <laughs> we were like, what did you say, man? Dude, that's crazy. This is Florida. I really struggled. But I remember when I began to let God deal with my attitude, and I, I just, when I had the right attitude about my place there at Taco Bell, man, I remember taking that lobby and saying, this is my lobby. Those are my customers. And I began to thank God for my, for my position there. And I began to set the atmosphere. I was picking up trays when I didn't have to. I was filling up people's drinks just because I wanted making conversations with them. There were customers that I had would actually come to Taco Bell. I believe strongly and were happy when I was there. And when I was in another position, 
They would do all this. They're disappointed. You know why? Because I allowed God, I allowed contentment in the presence of God, and I allowed that time in my life to be purpose, purposeful, where I honored God where I was at. Now, I wonder what God would want to do where you're at. I wonder how you can be a light right where you're at. If we're going to grow in the Lord, if we're going to know God and make him known, we have to be willing to experience God. We have to make a commitment to experience God, to come to him with expectation. Secondly, we have to be rooted in community. Third, we have to be willing to grow in the dream that God has over us. Ask God, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want me to do in the place that I'm at right now? And the last thing is, we got to be a part of the Great Commission. We have to engage in the Great Commission. You and I have been called by God to this. He says to all believers, go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all of the things that I teach you, and I am with you always, even until the ends of the earth. Do you realize that that promise, and I am with you always to the ends of the earth, is connected to the Great Commission? Do you know that God has a strong desire, that God has commanded, that God expects you and I to share this hope, this love, this peace that we have in Christ, this salvation with others? Do you realize today that that's not your pastor's job alone, but that that's your job? You should be uncomfortable if you're hearing sermon after sermon in this church, and we're not dealing with the reality that you need to be witnessing to your co-workers and your family and your friends if you're at a church where you can go sunday after sunday and you feel no urgency and you don't feel uncomfortable with not witnessing you got to be concerned because there's a dying world out there there are people right now dying and going into eternity without jesus and you come into church on Sunday should ignite a fire in you to be excited about sharing the gospel with whomever God puts in front of you. Something has to be moving in you if you're alive. The Spirit of God must be shaken in you when you're around people that you see hurting and broken and wounded without hope, without life, and without a future. The church, the church of Christ has the desires of Jesus burning them, awakening, awakening them, and moving them to fulfill the things that please the Lord. The reality is that most of the church is afraid. Afraid of witnessing and failure and discouragement and how people would respond. But if you would live with eternity in mind, and if you would understand that there are people going into eternity without a hope and a future, you would love different. You would listen differently. You would care. You wouldn't, you, wouldn't treat the, you wouldn't treat the gospel as some telemarketing scheme. You wouldn't understand that you have life to give. Do you remember the movie Schindler's List? The story of Schindler is the story of a man who lived during the time of Hitler's regime. And Hitler, obviously you and I both know, was a man who was uh, bent on exterminating most of the world. He was, uh, 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 he was an awful man who committed hideous crimes against the Jews. And Hitler 
had a factory where he would, he would take these Jews who were in Holocaust camps. Uh, wait, Schindler had a factory where he would, he would take these Jews who were in Holocaust camps, to, uh, Hitler's Holocaust camps, and he would take them in and he would take care of them as they worked. He would clothe them. He would make sure that they, w- they were well fed and he nurtured them. And the story says that he saved thousands of Jews, thousands of Jews. In that movie, there is a, uh, there is a, uh, a moment where uh, apparently those who were a part of that factory, a part of that work, those who have been saved by Schindler took all the gold that they had, whether they had on their person or on their mouth, they took all the gold that they had and they fashioned it into a ring. And they said to Hitler, they presented it to him, and they said, here, for all of the work that you've done, we just appreciate you so much. And Schindler took that ring and he wept. He wept. And he said, Oh, how many more lives could I have saved with this gold? How many more lives? Do you know that you have something great of greater worth than gold? You have the hope of Jesus Christ. You have the only hope of the nations. You have the only hope of the nations. And if there isn't a fire in you burning you to share that hope with others, the world is doomed. There isn't something in you that says, I got to share this love, this peace that I have. I got to serve like Christ. If there's something in you, if there isn't something in you that's burning you, the world is in trouble. The Great Commission, you and I, have to understand we have something of greater worth than gold. We got to take this salvation. Say, God, what you've given to me, I will give to others. If you you and I are going to grow spiritually, if we're going to know God and make him known, we're going to commit to experiencing God. We're going to commit to being rooted in community. We're going to commit to the dream of God over us, and we're going to commit to this great commission. Man, would you stand with me this morning? Praise God. What I want to do today, some of these people are completely unaware that I'm going to ask them to do this, but I thank them for their willingness anyway. I'm going to have prayer for these four areas that we talked about. Pastor Laura, would you come up at this time? And Becca, would you play the keys for us or, or Heather, whoever has planned to do that? I want Laura, if you could stand at this furthest side here. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I've lost expectation. Come to the house of God without really expecting God to move. Sometimes I'm kind of upset that services are so long. And I realize today that I really need to come with the right heart and that I that I need to I want to regain my passion for believing and expecting God again. I want to expect God in his presence again in my life. And I make a commitment to experience God, to make room for God to move in my life. If that's you today, right now, would you come up to the altar and join Laura? I want you guys to circle, circle up around Pastor Laura at this time. You're saying you've ceased coming to church with expectation and believing God. If that's you, you're saying, I want to make a commitment to experience God, to encounter him. 
If that's you right now, right now where you're at, would you come to the altar right here? We want to pray with you. Amen. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, my problem is that I'm not really rooted in the church. I kind of live in this disconnected place. and Maybe some of you have good reason. Some of you have been really deeply wounded. And it, and it hurts the thought of just walking by faith and connecting again. I want to tell you that God can heal you. And God wants you to be healthy. He doesn't want you or I to be stuck in this failure to thrive place. So if you're here and you're saying, I want to be connected to community. I want to be rooted in this community of faith. To come up to the altar, to come up to the altar right now. Let's pray for you. Amen. Sister Sandra, would you come up? Nathan and, and Molly, would you guys come up right here represent that circle? You're here and you're saying, I want to I be rooted in community. I don't want to just be at the place where I'm shopping for church. I want to be rooted in community. I want to make that commitment today. Would you come up to the altar right now? We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, i long given up the idea that God has a purpose for me. I don't feel God has a purpose for me. But I understand that the Bible doesn't say that. I understand that it's not what the scriptures teach. And I want to again believe and dream again over the things that God has for me. Brother Jeff, would you come up? Maybe you're saying, you know what, there are some urgencies. There are some urgencies. Some things that God put in my heart to do, but I haven't done them. I've walked away from those passions, but I need prayer. That's you. Would you come up to the altar? We'd love to pray with you right now. Right now. We'd love to pray with you. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. last but certainly not least you're here and you're saying pastor I want to share this hope that I have most uh, maybe you're saying I've been afraid of sharing the hope that I have in Jesus or inviting people to church or just serving people I'm just afraid of how people will respond but now I realize that eternity is real and I, I want power to witness I want to have an effective witnessing life I want to share this hope and love that I have in Christ I don't want to be the kind of Christian who just comes to church without sharing the good news of that which Christ has done in me and what Christ wants to do in others. You know, I've talked to many believers who have been a part of the church for many years, and they say, Pastor, I don't even know how to share the faith. That's not what God wants for us. Can I get a loud amen on that one? Through His power and through His Spirit, God will give you power to witness. Amen that's you, you saying, I want to, I want to learn to witness. I want to honor the Lord. I want to, I want to witness. I want to share the hope that I have in Jesus. Would you come up to the altar and join me right here? Brother Mo, would you help me in prayer? You're saying, I know that I need to grow in this area of witnessing, of sharing the love of Christ, of sharing the love of Christ, of sharing the love of Christ. Amen. If that's you, would you come up to the altar? We love to pray with you. Amen. Church, I appreciate you. I appreciate your patience. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 
continue to grow in the Lord, experience Him, be rooted in Him, grow in the dream that He has for you, and go share it with the world. Amen. Share it with the world. God bless you. And the altars are open if you like prayer.